Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering, Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. So I hope you're feeling encouraged already. We've just shared a meal together, a meal with our God and our Saviour. Surely that's encouraging. Who's encouraged? Who feels encouraged? Me. Yeah, we've got a few hands. That's really encouraging, isn't it? The odd hand going up. Okay, what's the encouragement count, anyone? 17, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll see. Um, whether we can keep it up. Because this is the thing, isn't it? Can we keep it up? Can we continue to be encouraged? We've just read those amazing words from Hebrews 10. In assurance of faith, we are dwelling, we are drawing near to the most holy in his dwelling place. And we know that the most holy dwells with us. That is the promise that we have. 
So I suggested that the book of Hebrews up to this point is building up to these, these encouraging words uh, in chapter 10, verse 19 to 22. I suggest the rest of the book is about keeping us there. It's about encouraging us to remain steadfast, to hold on to that encouragement. We have obviously the rest of this chapter that we've just read. We have the, the cloud of witnesses in chapter 11. It's there to encourage us. It's there to remind us and to show us what God does and how he works. And then chapters 12 and 13 continue the encouragement. Look at uh, chapter 10 again, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Now, Pete's just prayed and he's, he shared the, the questioning that, that we all have at times, I guess. But he who promised is faithful. Be encouraged. Let us, so this is verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another towards good, sorry, towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This, these thoughts this morning come from a place of being discouraged, actually. So that's one in the discouraged category. That's two. I've said it now twice. I've been through the course of this year in, in some difficult places, some places where I have not felt encouraged. So that's probably on the, that side as well. And I've learned through this time how important it is to be in a place of encouragement Gillingham's aren't here today, but um, I had lunch with Steve Gillingham in the summer at a time when I really needed encouragement, and I wanted to thank Steve for that lunch. But he talked about, as we were sharing together, um, he talked about how faith ebbs and flows, how there are times when you feel strong and you encourage others, and there are other times when you need that encouragement. Let us not give up meeting together. Let's encourage one another. If we are feeling strong in the faith, let's spur each other on. If you are feeling encouraged and, and strong this morning, spur someone on to love and good deeds. If you're feeling weak, don't give up meeting together. Come, seek encouragement. We need people around us who can bring us these words from Hebrews, who can bring us the word of encouragement. Because discouragement is always at the door. And for each encouragement, we need more encouragement than discouragement. Otherwise, we become discouraged. I don't, I don't know how many of you follow the, the reading planner, but the other two uh, readings for the day are really interesting in relation to encouragement. So one of them is Jonah and the other is Job. Okay, so we're, gonna, we're, just, we're not going to read them, but we're just going to reference them. Okay, so we have so much reason to be encouraged as we've, as we've learned and heard this morning. 
But sometimes we're not, are we? The, the, the truth of these things doesn't change, but we do. So Jonah, okay? Jonah had, uh, he'd been on a, on a preaching campaign and he'd converted a whole city. And they weren't going to be destroyed anymore. How much reason for encouragement? Jonah goes and sits under a tree and is absolutely distraught and dismayed and angry. There's not really a lot of logic there, is there? But that's how he felt. He's a human being. He, verse 2 of chapter 4, Jonah prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity, things to be encouraged about. Verse 3, now, Lord, take away my life. It's better for me to die than to live. Sometimes you can know all the encouragement in the world and feel discouraged. God tries to work with Jonah. He tries to bring him round. He tries to show him himself and what it is to be God and to, to care for people. God tries to work with Jonah, tries to encourage him, tries to give him things to look at and to bring him around from himself and back to God. And our other reading is, uh, is Job 3 and 4. So I think we know Job's story. Not like Jonah, Job had pretty good reason to be discouraged. Okay, so God allows Satan to, to take away all of Job's vast wealth, and he leaves him destitute. And that doesn't really affect Job's faith too much. Um, but then, again, God allows Satan to take away his health. And Job sits and he scrapes himself with a pot and he is completely discouraged and dismayed and dejected. And as I've said, I think that is a reasonable human response to what happened to him. And in that situation, in the depths of his despair and his discouragement, his friends come. Good. Okay. And the first of those friends to speak is, uh, is Eliphaz. So we're just going to read a few verses from Job chapter 4, uh, verses 2 to 5. And we'll see what Eliphaz tries to do to help Job in this moment of despair. So it's Job chapter 4, and Stein at verse 2. If someone ventures a word with you, will you be impatient? But who can keep from speaking? Think how you instructed many, how you have strengthened feeble hands. Your words have supported those who stumbled. You have strengthened faltering knees. But now trouble comes to you and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. So Job has been a tower of faith. He has been a support to the poor and the weak, both in, in material terms, from his, his material wealth, but also in spiritual terms, in terms of building them up from his store of faith and confidence. And those things are gone. And Job, as Eliphaz says, is discouraged and dismayed. 
this far, I think Eliphaz is right. It's important, so important to remember when we're reading Job, the three friends are wrong, generally. We find at the end, they've not said what is right. So it's really important when we're quoting Job to remember that. And I think we really see that in the way that Job, that uh, Eliphaz speaks in verse 6. Because this is completely wrong. Verse 6 of Job chapter 4. Should not your piety be your confidence and your blameless ways your hope? If you place your hope in your own piety, then you are, you're, you're going to fall. If you rely on the fact that you think you have blameless ways, then you are lost. This is not the right sort of encouragement. This is wrong. We do not get confidence and encouragement in our own anything. It's in Christ alone. Our confidence is in Christ. If we have been declared blameless, and we have, it is only because God has declared us blameless. Hebrews 10 verse 17, our lawless sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. That is God's work, his grace. If we have a clean conscience, and if we have been washed, which we have, it is only by God's grace. It is not because our ways are blameless. Chapter 10, verse 22, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We all go through times when we feel discouraged and dismayed, when we feel weak and poor and upset and angry. And there's no necessarily any logic to when we feel like that. What we need in those times is people around us who can speak to us wisdom and truth, who can encourage us, who can share with us the riches of God's grace and bring us back into the peace of dwelling with God. If you're in a place where you are not being encouraged, where you are being discouraged, your confidence is so quickly eroded away, pulled out from underneath you. We must seek encouragement. There is much to be found. And when we are feeling strong, we must encourage, spur one another on. We must remind people of who God is and of his grace towards us. We must be that cloud of witnesses or we must see that cloud of witnesses. We need people who will stand with us, suffer with us, pray with us. Back in Hebrews 10, verse 32. This is encouragement. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Remember those times when you've been encouraged, when you felt the power and the grace of God. Remember when you've stood against the tide. Remember when people have stood with you 
you have all done this for me. You have encouraged me. And I hope that I have encouraged you. We need to seek encouragement, to be built up, because discouragement is always at the door. We have every reason to be encouraged, to be joyful. We are reconciled to God. We can dwell with Christ, with the most holy in his dwelling place in confidence. And we also live in the world that we live in, which is always cutting away at us, at our confidence. So we need to be surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. We need to be spurring each other on because that is the only way that we're going to keep persevering, keep holding to what we have believed. What's the balance, the discourage-encourage balance? How many encourage? 50. How many? 25. Okay. We're above half. But it's like that, isn't it? If we, if we don't place ourselves where we receive encouragement, then we only get discouragement. And if, if, I'd, spent, if I'd said discourage 50 times this morning and only 25 encourage, would we feel discouraged? I think we might. It's quite a simple way of thinking about it. And I only thought about it yesterday morning. But um, it, it, it's the world we live in. If we don't be in a place of encouragement, we're in a place of discouragement. And we need to be encouraged. So I encourage you to encourage each other. Don't give up meeting together. And when you meet together, talk about important things. Talk about faith. Talk about the Holy Spirit at work. Talk about God's grace. Talk about the kingdom of God. Spur one another on to love and good deeds. I encourage you to be an encouragement and to be encouraged. I'm going to finish by reading uh, the verses at the end of the chapter from 35 to chapter 10, verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But if my righteous one will live by faith, sorry, but my righteous one will live by faith. If he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Andy, thanks for being very encouraging.